You're listening to the St. Mark's Podcast for October 16th, 2022, the 19th Sunday after Pentecost. Today's sermon was given by the Reverend Elizabeth Garnsey. It's based on Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. I am the mother of a strong-willed child. And I often find myself calling my own mother for advice or consolation. She doesn't miss the opportunity to remind me that I too was a strong-willed child. And we both laugh over the stories, my laugh tinged with sighs of resignation that say, without my having to put it into words, that I'm getting my comeuppance for all that I put my mother through. I resisted her on silly matters like clothes and hairstyles and my wanting to join traveling sports teams, and most of all, my having to go to church on Sunday mornings. See, there's more than one ironic comeuppance in my life story. But she usually won the day, and I, but I seldom gave up without a fight. She often joked that I should have been named Patience, so maybe I would live up to my name. But instead, she got persistence in me, her youngest child. Up to a certain age, all kids want what they want, and they want it now. And many kids will stop at nothing to get a yes from their parents. Some parents, like the judge in the story, will give in out of exhaustion and only to put an end to the begging. But I suspect that this kind of persistence, even though that's the literal version of the story here, is not what the parable is trying to awaken in us. This widow wants justice. She wants vindication. Widows were among the lowest rungs of society, no status, completely dependent upon the generosity and care of the community to survive. The judge is powerful, but indifferent to her cry and doesn't care at all about administering justice. He lost sight of his duty towards justice a long time ago, if he ever had the eyes to see it. A just judge of Israel was held to a high standard. In Exodus 22, God says, judges shall not abuse any widow or orphan, If you do abuse them, when they cry out to me, I will surely hear their cry, and my wrath will burn. And in Deuteronomy, cursed be anyone who deprives the alien, the orphan, and the widow of justice. But this judge in Jesus' parable has no fear of God and no respect for others, and he says so himself. He repeatedly ignores the widow and her case. He has no moral conscience for the sake of justice. Instead, sheer persistence is her only hope. Sure enough, she persists and it pays off. The judge does the right thing, but for the wrong reasons. Luke says Jesus told this parable, told the disciples this parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. This setup leads us to conclude that we're supposed to identify with the widow, pray and pray, and do not lose heart like her. And the powerful judge suggests a tenuous link to God. If this is how the judge comes through for the widow, how much more will God come through for us if we cry out for justice day and night? So the parable is supposed to reveal something to us about God. I'm not sure I like where this is going so far. I really hope that prayer is not supposed to come down to our capacity to persist in the face of hopelessness 
and an indifferent God who's annoyed by us but malleable, if only we will pray until we're blue in the face. Wear God out and we'll get our justice like a squeaky wheel getting the grease. Jesus told a similar story before, that one about the neighbor who comes knocking on his friend's door at midnight and the friend gets up to give him bread just so he can get back to bed and get some sleep. I hope prayer doesn't work like that either. God giving in just so we'll grant him a moment's peace. This is one of those how much more stories Jesus loves to tell. When your child asks for bread, will you give him a stone? Of course not. How much more will God give good things to those who ask for them? Or consider the lilies. Even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. If this is how God clothes the grasses of the fields that are here today and gone tomorrow, how much more will God clothe you, O you of little faith? And consider this unjust judge who has no fear of God, no concern in the world for the well-being of other people, when even he will relent and give justice to a powerless but determined widow. How much more will God grant justice to his beloveds who cry out to him for justice day and night. Not only will God come to our aid, but God will come quickly. Okay, but does God come to our aid? And does God come quickly when you pray? Annie Dillard gives voice to that elephant in the room when in her book, For the Time Being, one of my favorites, when she quotes the Song of Mary, also in the same Gospel of Luke, that says, God has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich empty away. Dillard pauses here to ask, when was that? Did I miss it? Like Dillard, it's fair to ask, when did God cast the mighty from the thrones and lift up the lowly? Warlords and tyrants, oligarchs and dictators have sat very happily for many long periods of history, wreaking havoc and costing human lives and livelihoods. But as Dillard makes clear throughout her powerful book, lest that quote puts you off, just because God's justice and goodness is not always evident, that does not mean that it is not always true. It is. The mind of Christ and the kingdom of God cannot always be perceived or comprehended with our human mindset and through the lens of our world's kingdoms. So how does God help us? How does God bring justice and quickly? To persist past Luke's setup to interpret this parable, we can consider an alternative reading of the widow and the unjust judge and what they might represent to us. The brilliant theologian James Allison suggests casting God in the role of the widow and letting her role reveal something to us about God's character. This makes a lot of sense to me. Throughout the scriptures, God's persistent cries for the sake of justice are a drumbeat underlying the entire covenant history between God and God's people. In Genesis, Abraham and his offspring were called to keep the way of the Lord by doing justice. The prophet Micah said, what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? 
And Amos railed famously, let justice roll down like waters and mercy like an ever-flowing stream. Jesus himself declared, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring the gospel to the poor and proclaim release to the captive. He rebuked those who would dehumanize others and forsake justice and the love of God. Like the persistent widow, it is God who never tires of demanding justice. God never ceases to awaken our consciousness, to, to care for the whole human family, and to seek the common good. Many people, many of you here in this church, don't hesitate to step into that role and join God on the side of justice to bring housing, bread, clothing, education, money, to meet the needs of the proverbial widow, those who suffer and live on the margins. And couldn't we also identify on some level or at times in our lives with the unjust judge in those moments when we are indifferent to or overwhelmed by the cries of the world, or when we are those who continuously pass by the opportunities that God or the widow present to us to participate in the world's cries for justice and compassion. Too often, when God is the widow asking for justice or the neighbor asking for food, we look away, we can't be bothered, we're too busy, or we just need our sleep. The parable could just as well then be about God's persistent involvement with humanity and God never losing heart, even when repeatedly met with our indifference. Theologian Dorothy Sowell says that prayer does not necessarily lead to a new vision of God, but to a different relationship to the world, one that has borrowed the eyes of God. Whether we are the widow or the judge, once we borrow the eyes of God to see the world, we can't help but spend our energies and resources for the sake of justice and love wherever we see it. This is not an either-or proposition. We are all the widow sometimes and all the judge other, other times. We see and advocate the needs of the world or have the needs ourselves. Or sometimes we have the power or the resources to meet the needs of the world. But rarely are we in neither position. Humanity is all in this life together. We are interrelated, interconnected, interdependent. How can God grant justice and meet the needs of the world and do it quickly without working through us? The earth does its best to repair itself when it becomes diseased or blighted by disasters, both natural and human-made. But it does its best when we do our part to care, and steward, care for and steward the earth and its resources and treat them with care. And the same goes for our fellow creatures, both animal and human. We all do our best when we help one another to live and to be well. God gives us every good thing and everything we need to thrive. Clean air to breathe, water to drink, plentiful food, reason, skill, ingenuity. It is when these things are used unjustly or without a concern for others that suffering ensues and justice is thwarted. We place dams in the flow of God's river of justice and love and mercy that longs to flow in and through our lives day and night. 
But God does not lose heart in continuously asking us to let it, let it flow freely. God does not lose heart in continuously asking us to take our part, whether on a grand scale or a small scale, in caring for the needs and the hurts that we see around us, and doing our part to further this mission of God in the world. Our prayers to God are not so much a transaction between a plaintiff and a judge. They are much, much more the flow of our relationship and connection with God. Everything we do is a prayer. Everything we think and say, every part we take in giving and receiving, is an act of prayer that responds to God's call to us. And every response we make to God's call to us is enough because it is God who is working through us. Pray always and let God be at work in you and do not lose heart. Amen. You can find more sermons on our website, www.stmarksnewcanaan.org.